So you've got a secure password set up and you've got your multi-factor authentication enabled. That should be it, right? You should be secure. Not so fast. This is Cybersecurity Uncensored. Welcome to Cybersecurity Uncensored. My name is Logan. Welcome to the channel. We're glad to have you. Now, straight up, you're probably going to notice this is a little bit of a different look and feel to my normal video format. I think I got a little bit tired of just over editing everything. So in this case, I think I'm just going to talk. There's going to be stuff ups along the way, but you know what? It's a bit more authentic and I think it's going to communicate the same message. So let's get stuck into it, shall we? Multi-factor authentication. So it's usually kind of seen as the be all and end all of keeping your account secure. Yes, you've got a username and password set up and then you set up MFA. But there are ways to get around MFA. You know, one of the more common ways is just trying to trick you into responding to a prompt. So if you've got MFA set up on your phone and you get a prompt that comes through, sometimes you'll just blindly hit accept on it. There's a few other ways that this happens. But what the cyber criminal is trying to get you to do is just respond. And by responding to an MFA prompt, you're essentially going to let them in. So if you haven't initiated that prompt, well, that should probably be your clue that someone has your username and password to go and change it. So that's one attack vector. Another attack vector is perhaps someone will ring you up and they pretend to be from your bank or some other type of financial institution or government authority. And they'll say that we're having some difficulties with your account. We need to send you through a validation a code. When you get it, can you read it out to us? In reality, in the background, what they've done is they've accessed your account and triggered the MFA prompt. That pops up, you give them the code, they log into your account. So that's a kind of a vishing attack or voice phishing type of attack. Now, there's a few different ways that these MFA circumvention attacks can come in. But I want you to rest assured that MFA in and of itself is actually pretty secure. There's definitely ways that it can be circumvented, which is mostly reliant on tricking you to do something or some other method of interception. So, for example, if a cyber criminal has the ability to intercept your text messages and you received your MFA codes via text messages, well, they could possibly get in that way. The same thing is if they have access to your email and you get your MFA codes via email. Now, if you're using an MFA app, that's a lot harder to intercept, but I'll get into that in a moment. The trick is here is that they could possibly duplicate your phone via SIM jacking or something similar or porting your number to another phone or even setting up a new phone in your account and getting things switched over to it. But again, that's something else I'll probably cover in another method. The idea is they're trying to get their hands on that code. So whenever you set up MFA, sometimes you'll say, oh, you know, you can send me an SMS or you can send me an email. The preference is to use the app because that's a lot harder to intercept. So it comes down to just really kind of tricking you into doing something in order to get their hands on that MFA code. Are there flaws in MFA? Maybe. But I think for the most part, it's, it's pretty bulletproof. So interestingly enough, one of the ones that I've seen recently kind of relies on an attacker in the middle or adversary in the middle type of attack. Now, these used to be called man in the middle type of attacks, and for the most part, they still are. But I think adversary in the middle is more reflective of the true state of affairs where it can be anyone or anything kind of sitting in the middle of that communication change. The idea of a man in the middle attack is to kind of intercept that information. So on an unsecured network, they could be watching you enter your username and password or transmit all kinds of data. But I'll do some separate videos on those type of person in the middle, adversary in the middle type of attacks on another occasion. 
This video is going to focus mostly on adversary in the middleware concerns themselves with multi-factor authentication. So you get uh, a link, uh, an email link. It could be a text message link. You're going to get a link or possibly an attachment. And what the cyber criminal is trying to get you to do is to open that attachment. So if you take a step back, you're figuring, oh, I can spot phishing messages and I'm not too worried about that sort of thing. There's a thing called business email compromise or BEC. And what happens is a cyber criminal compromises a legitimate email inbox. And what they do is they use that to launch their attacks. So for example, if it's a business partner of yours and they get compromised, what the cyber criminal then does is pretend to be that trusted business partner. So they look through the inbox of this person that they've compromised, this business that they've compromised, and they look for financial transactions or something else that kind of indicates a trusted relationship. And then they'll send a message to that person trying to continue that chain of communication, trying to trick them to click on a link or open an attachment. One of the popular ones that I saw was around uh, DocuSign. So anybody that's signed a document online in the last several years probably knows what DocuSign is all about. Essentially, it's a way to sign a document officially without having to really kind of shuffle paperwork because we used to have to print it out, sign it, scan it, email it back, fax it, whatever it happens to be. Yes, fax machines are still around. And by switching to an electronic format, it's just made life a lot easier. Hey, here's your new employment contractor. You know, here's the proposal. Can please sign it? So when people are a bit busy, they just don't think about, oh, okay, fine. You know, here's a document that needs my attention. There's always that sense of urgency. That's one thing I want you to remember with all types of phishing attacks is it tends to be a sense of urgency. So you need to review this today. You need to sign this today. Please click on this link today. So the person clicks on the link, maybe clicks on the attachment and it pops up and it'll trigger kind of an error to say, oh, you need to sign in to proceed. That should be your first red flag because if they've sent you something, you should not have to sign in in order to see it. Um, and this is the point where I would typically pick up the phone and I'd give somebody a call and say, hey, did you mean to send this to me because it's forcing me to sign or it's asked me to sign in? So your, your first red flag here is if it asks you to sign into your account, whether it's a Microsoft account, a Google account, or anything like that, question it, okay? So when you do click on it, what's going to happen is a login prompt is going to pop up, say, enter your credentials. Now it's going to look like a very legitimate Microsoft account or Google account or something like that. So you need to log into your account in order to proceed to open this link or open this document. What I want you to do if you get to that point is pause and look in the upper left-hand corner of your taskbar and look at the address. For the most part, it should say something like Microsoft.com or on Microsoft.com or something like that. It should have a very distinct URL, but cyber criminals are very good at manipulating these URLs. For example, they could switch out an O for a zero, or they could switch out like uh, other letters to make it look like it's been misspelled. But if you glance at it quickly, it looks like it's a legitimate address. What happens here is it looks like a legitimate login page. They've done very good to duplicate that page. So you enter in your username and password, and this can result in one of two things. So if this is what's called almost like a relay type of attack, what they'll do is they've harvested your credentials. So they've got your username and password, and then it'll pop up as though you failed. And what it's actually done is it's redirected you to the legitimate website. So you think you're signing into your Microsoft account. So if you've entered your username and password, and it looks like it's wrong, and then it pops up and it asks you to re-enter it, Take a look at that taskbar again, because that address may have actually changed in the meantime, and it might be the real address. 
So what they've done is they've directed you to a dummy page, got you to enter your username and password, which they now have, and then you continue on to signing in. And this is just one way that they can get your username and password. So if you don't have multi-factor authentication set up at that point in time, they now have your credentials. They can now log into your account. So this is where you're probably asking, but what if I do have MFA because I have to go through this whole prompt sort of thing? Well, what, what can happen here is they can actually do almost like a true relay, uh, almost like a proxy attack. And you sign up on the account, but it's actually passing through your credentials in real time to the legitimate account. So instead of getting that initial failure up front, it actually continues on to the next account. So you show up, you put in your username, password, it pops up, it prompts you for your MFA account, you put that in, and you authenticate to an, a genuine session. And now they don't have your MFA code after that. But what they do have is what's called a session cookie. So a session cookie is basically a little piece of software that gets written into your browser that says, hey, this is an authenticated user. And you've logged into your account, you just carry on, and you're none the wiser. Meanwhile, a cyber criminal takes this a little, little cookie and goes off and embeds it in their browser and then logs in as you. And the computer's none the wiser because it sees it as an authenticated session. Uh, that's a real tricky one because you really don't catch on to the fact that something happened until it's probably too late. And this is where we personal users, you know, regular consumers are really at a significant disadvantage because, you know, we have the free outlook for Hotmail or Gmail and stuff like that, but we don't necessarily have all of the extra goodies that happens in the background, all those analytics and logging and alerting and that sort of thing. So from a business perspective, there's a few things that you can set up in order to make sure that these cookies don't get stolen because, hey, we all want to protect our cookies, right? And what happens is they'll set up, say, conditional access policies to say, you can only log in from particular countries. Uh, they'll set up different policies like token protection to say, if the token gets used from a different computer for other than for which it was certified, uh, it gets canceled, kind of like that continuous user authentication type of method. So if you're a business and you're concerned about uh, multi-factor authentication circumvention, there's a few things that you can look at. I mean, there's more active ways to do your, your authentication. I think Windows Hello uh, using certificate-based authentication are a few different methods, but you can really dig into this sort of thing. But for the personal end consumer, and that's what a lot of my content is targeted at, I want to give this information to the everyday user. Be very, very cautious of what you're clicking on. So if you're going through your email and you're going through your messages and you see a message that you don't recognize the sender, that's probably first red flag. Now, your second red flag is if they want you to go to any site and they want you to log in or maybe they want you to create an account because they're after your credentials and they know that people are lazy and they use their credentials everywhere. So your username and password you used to sign into your email, you probably use it at work, you probably use it for banking, you probably use it at school, you probably use it for social media. So one of the key takeaways here is make sure you have unique complex passwords on every single account. To manage them, you want to use a password manager. Now a password manager is a great little piece of kit, doesn't cost a lot of money, there's some free ones out there. And what they do is they remember all your passwords for you. You can have a plugin for your browser. You can have an app on your computer, an app on your phone. And it really facilitates that automatic logging in for you. But be mindful that the strongest password you have is probably the one that protects the uh, user or the password manager itself. That's your most important one to protect. So do password managers get broken? Yes. I mean, look at LastPass. That's what's happened. I mean, you can steal the database, but unless you've actually got the, the, the master password, basically, it's useless. Um, 
but personally, there's some other options that I would use out of the market. I mean, I'm a big fan of, of 1Password. I'm not paid by 1Password, so full disclosure, I'm not paid by 1Password, but that's probably one of my favorite ones. Uh, I would probably avoid the built-in password managers and browsers. Now, they're getting better, uh, but they're not quite there yet, so you want to stick with the dedicated program. So you got secure complex passwords, unique ones for every single account. You've got a password manager. Make sure you have multi-factor authentication set up and everything. I mean, I know this video is around multi-factor authentication circumvention, but you still need to have MFA set up. Go back, check your accounts you've had for a while. Maybe it's now available. If you've got an account that you can't put MFA on, look elsewhere. You know, you, know, you, you don't want to be kind of flapping out there in the wind and unprotected. And when it comes to these messages that come in, just really kind of use your mind. You know, why is this person sending this to me? Because it looks legitimate. Maybe it looks urgent. Question it. You know, if it comes from somebody you know, you can always pick up the phone, give them a call, shoot them a text message or something like that and say, hey, did you mean to send me this? And they might cotton on to the fact that they themselves are compromised or that someone's pretending to be them and they can take defensive measures. So I've got a few other videos kind of on vishing, smishing, phishing, that sort of thing. So I'm really not going to spend a lot of time on it. But what the purpose of this video is, I want you to be aware that MFA can, in fact, be circumvented. So just to kind of circle around that, they're going to try to trick you into responding to a prompt. They want you to give that MFA code to them, or they'll try to log into your account and hope that you'll just sit, accept, or do the number matching or whatever it happens to be for that MFA. Or in some cases, what they're going to try to do is try to trick you into going through like a proxy type system where you log in and they kind of sit as that at attacker in the middle and they eavesdrop on your type of stuff. So I'll do some other videos on other types of adversary in the middle type of attacks, you know, eavesdropping attacks, relay attacks, replay attacks, and other videos. But for now, I just want everybody to be very cognizant that yes, you have MFA set up. That is a good thing. And just be very cautious of where you enter your credentials and where you surrender those MFA codes because the cyber criminals out there and they're watching. So thanks for watching, guys. Really appreciate it. Hope you like the new format of the video. I'm just going to kind of ramble here sometimes, but uh, I'm going to try to keep it a little bit more authentic, you know, a little bit more genuine. Uh, try to share some information, just basically pick a topic and talk about it. So if you've got some ideas, some things that are kind of bugging you, you just shoot me through a message. I mean, the, uh, the email account is on my YouTube page, uh, info at cyberuncensored.com, or you can email me directly at logan at cyberuncensored.com. Uh, you can hit me up on LinkedIn if you like, uh, or leave a comment below. Uh, and uh, guys, if you're watching this video, uh, give me that thumbs up. You know, it really helps the channel, costs you nothing. Subscribe to the, the page, you know, hit that bell so you don't miss any content. Uh, for anybody that's interested in an audio-only version of this, I do make these available also on podcasts. So I have them on Spotify, Amazon, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, a few different platforms. So guys, thanks for watching. Appreciate it. Look after yourself. Stay safe out there. and We'll see you next time.